Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. Thanks, Mike, uh, for this opportunity to, even online, even in this environment, technological environment, I'm very glad to be here and to share uh, this amazing message of uh, the Lord to all of our friends, not only here in Haddington Island Church, but to all around the world uh, who will be uh, hearing our podcast as well. So uh, I'd like to share a message. Uh, the, the title is very, very interesting, The Extraordinary Unexpected. So it's based in, in the Gospel of John. So I'm going to read the Gospel of John in chapter 5. Uh, verses 1 to 9, and I'm going to read in the Amplified Bible version, uh, because there is a quick explanation I'm going to give you uh, about the verse 4. Uh, you're probably going to notice that some version doesn't have that verse, but i explain that. So, let's read. Later on there was a Jewish feast, a festival, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem, near the Cheap Gate, there is a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, or Beit Chesed, some versions, Beit Zatta, having five porticles. In these porticles lay a great number of people who were sick, blind, lame, withered. Uh, and now we're gonna read the verse four, the finish of verse three and four. And probably if you are reading new international version, uh, you want would you can't find this verse. So waiting for the steering of the water, for an angel of the Lord went down into a into the pool at appointed seasons and stirred up the water. The first one to go in after the water was stirred, was healed of his disease. There was a certain man there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus noticed him lying there, knowing that he had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? The invalid answered, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm coming, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallets or your bed, and walk. Immediately, the man was healed and recovered his strength and picked up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Shabbat. So it's very interesting here. Uh, as you know, our Gospel of John is um, one of the Gospels. Uh, we have four Gospels and the Gospel of John is more on purpose 
this is the only one of the four Gospels that doesn't concern itself with narr narrating or narrating the signs and wonders done by Jesus. Only seven miracles were chosen by John to be part of his book. So the, the Gospel of John contains more of the sermons and the words of Jesus than the miracles he did. Do you know why? Because this Gospel was not written for Romans, Greeks, Jews, or any other people who didn't know God. This book was written for those people, uh, the people who profess their faith in God. It's the only Gospel written for believers. Miracles are for those who do not believe. For those who believe, only His Word is more than enough. I can mention 1 Corinthians 1, 21-25, For since in the wisdom of God, the Word through its wisdom did know Him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs in Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. That's amazing. And I can uh, give you now the seven miracles you can find in the Gospel of John. The first one is turning water into wine in Cana, and healing the official son in Capernaum, healing in the valley that the pool of Bethesda uh, is our text, feeding the 5,000 near the Sea of Galilee, walking in the water of the Sea of Galilee, healing a blind man in Jerusalem, and last one, raising dead Lazarus in Bethany. So, let's turn our attention to this text and to this message. The first thing, the first point I, 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 I'd like to share with you is, Jesus chose to be there. So, remember, Jesus chose to be at that place. At that time, there were 12 doors to enter the city of Jerusalem. Jesus chose exactly that door, the chief's gate, and that was no accident. Jesus knew that there was a pool of Bethesda, or Beit Hesed, where many sick people were looking for a cure for their problems. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, he chose not the golden door, because that was the most famous door at that time. And but perhaps the most humble door, the back door, the smallest one, the narrowest and the lowest of the 12 doors was the sheep's gate. Through this door, the thousands of pilgrims who came to Jerusalem to the solemn feasts bathed before entering the temple. Uh, remember, we have two big pools in Jerusalem at that time. The, Shiloh one, and now the Beit Hesed one. The Beit Hesed was not famous at that time. So maybe Shiloh was more from the Porsche people, important people, and 
the Beit Hesed was for the poor people and the people with sickness and people ill. These pools were called mikveh in Hebrew. And according to Josephus, Flavius Josephus, during Easter, more than two million pilgrims filled the city, bringing their sheep, goats, or pigeons for the sacrifice of atonement. The first part of the large pool was 66 meters, and the second part was 60 meters. The total area of this pool was 5,000 square meters. So it was a big pool. Uh, what matters here is that the lamb that takes away the sin of the world, according to John 1.29, chose to enter through this door. He knew there was something to be done there. And this pool, or pond or bath, was called in Hebrew, Bethesda Beit Chesed, the house of mercy. For the name appeared much of the mercy of God to the sick and diseased. Some manuscripts, uh, house of olives, that's very interesting. And other manuscripts we have says Bethsaida, house of newness. That's very interesting as well. So Jesus shows that door, that place, that way. In the same way, Jesus shows you, Jesus shows me, Jesus shows us, according to John 15, 16. Shows to be with you all the days of your life, according to Matthew 28, verse 20. And shows to be there in that place where a crowd was looking for healing. There was hope in that place. There was a ray of hope for so many who, live, who lived in darkness. Even with so many people looking and waiting for a miracle, Jesus chose only one to be healed. He chooses that man that he has known has been in that situation for a long time. Jesus is our very present help in times of trouble. Mm -hmm. Psalm 46 verse 1. So, it changes everything. 12 places to go to the same temple, 12 ways, 12 paths, and he shows that way, that path, just to make the difference in one man's life. So the second point here is the, para the paralytic, the, the, the layman, shows to be there as well. He shows to be there. The man was there. The man chose to be there in that place because he had heard about the waters, he heard about the, the miracles and, and the achievement people were getting there, and, and that the shaken from time to time, and that who died in the waters at the time would be cured of any disease he had. So he was there because he believed in the healing power of the shaken waters. Now, he was talking to the Almighty God in person, still waiting for help from the man. That's very interesting because now we have two big characters here, two powers here. The power of the angel, the power of Jesus. And we know Jesus is Almighty. He has all the power and all the wisdom. 
we don't know how long that man was there. Maybe he was left there during the day. Maybe he asked for alms around the place, but never taking his eye off the pool. And we cannot forget that he suffered for 38 years. It's a long time of suffering. Perhaps he had sought the solution to his problem elsewhere. So uh, that brings that led me uh, led me to some questions. Who are you waiting for help to come from? Are you still waiting for help from the man? Stop seeking help where you cannot find it. Jesus is the solution. Sometimes we find ourselves like this man, seeking help in the man, in the human being, in governments. Without noticing, Jesus is right here beside us. He's right here beside you and me. And he's all willing to help us. Hallelujah. The third point. He was expecting the extraordinary. What is extraordinary? Something that no man can do. So maybe he tried them other treatments, he tried other solutions before, but he heard something supernatural was happening in that pool. So he believed that something that no, nobody can do for him. All the solutions he tried, all the, the treatments he tried didn't work. So he put all his hope, all his faith in that treatment and that sign and that miracle happening. There was no solution to his problem in the world, in the natural world. Nobody could help him. Just a miracle could change his life and make him whole, healed, and able to walk with his own legs. We are talking about here of 38 years. Can you imagine that? He was laying longer than the most live. There was no hope for him. But Jesus was there. And Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our solution for what is impossible to us or anyone to do. Jesus specializes in impossible causes. He's able to resolve any situation. It doesn't matter how difficult, complicated, or complex the situation is. Nothing can stop what God has planned for you and for me. At that moment, we see the man who waited for the extraordinary to come from the shaken waters to meet the source of the living water, according to John 4.10. Jesus, the source of the living water, Jesus, the unexpected miracle worker who would change that man's life forever. Notice that this man addressed the Lord Jesus as Sir. He didn't say uh, man or mate or buddy or who are you? <laughs> but he said Sir. And the Greek word for sir here is kurios, which means Lord, 
Master, Sir, the Lord. Many times in the Bible you see Curios using to refer to the Lord. This man not only called Jesus Lord, he also obeyed the Lord's command. He picked up his bed and walked as the Lord instructed him to do. It's not, it's not enough to just acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. We have to obey him. A master must be obeyed. That man began his response by acknowledging the Lordship of Jesus. And that's the secret here for me and for you is to acknowledging the Lordship of Jesus. He is our Lord. He is the Lord of the world. He is above and in control of everything that is happening in the world. Doesn't matter if things is out of control. Is out of control of the man. Is out of our control. Is out of control of the government. Is out of control of the system of the, this world. But is not our out of control of Jesus and his power. And this changes everything in my heart. And that starts with like a bomb in my heart when I, especially when I, when I watch some situations and some news and we, we saw some bad things happening. We, we need to put our hope, our confidence in the Lordship of Jesus. He is in control. Trust Him. Trust in Him. Soon after, he starts to justify his situation. After saying, Sir, the next phrase he said, I have no man. I have no one. He had no friends no family and even less money to hire someone who could put him in the pool when the waters were stirred up so it that brings me to another uh, question another situation another highlight here loneliness is dangerous and can kill not only physically but spiritually as well we, we've seen in this last months, last year, an increase of numbers of suicide. So this is a sign we needed to uh, stay together. We needed to reach people. They are suffering with loneliness and, and show them there is a light and there is a solution and there is a a company called Jesus and Holy Spirit that can bring them comfort, that can, they can talk to. And Jesus wants to be with the loneliness people through me and through you. And we all need relationships. The case of this man contrasts with the paralytic of Capernaum. Remember, uh, the, the paralytic of Capernaum have four friends and they decided to help his friend and they take him to the house where Jesus was and opened the, in the hole of the, the, the sailing roof to uh, just uh, take him down 
where Jesus was because they believed Jesus could change his situation. So at least that man had four friends. But this man, the first thing he said, I have no one. I'm alone. I'm in this struggling situation. I'm in this bad situation for 38 years without any help. Well, that said, I'd like you to reflect on two aspects here. First, what have we done to reach those who feel alone, helpless, in the face of life's difficulties? Are we willing to obey what Jesus commands us to do? Jesus told that man to get up, take his mat, and go home. It's important to note that Jesus was specific not to leave the bed behind. This is very interesting. Later in this same in this same chapter, religious leaders will question the man and challenge him for carrying his bed on a Saturday, on Shabbat, the day of rest. But why did Jesus give so much importance to carrying the bed? To remind him of where Jesus had taken him. So it is with us. Jesus set us free, saves us, transforms us, but the memories remain, the scars remain. They should not sadden us, but rather remind us how dependent on Him we should be. See the effectiveness of the power of Jesus' word. And He felt the power. I'm going to quote Matthew Henry's commentary. He felt the power of Christ's word healing him. Immediately he was made whole. What a joyful surprise was this to the poor cripple to find himself all of a sudden so easy, so strong, so able to help himself. What a new world was he in. In an instant, nothing is too hard for Christ to do. The extraordinary is achieved when we obey. The ordinary is achieved when we just listen. Here we find the contrast between listening and obeying. Whoever hears and even recognizes the Lordship of Jesus but does not obey, we always remain in that at the common ordinary level. When we listen and when we obey, we move to another level. And the extraordinary happens. Verse 9 says, immediately, at once. This means that Jesus has the power to change a situation immediately, even uh, though you have been suffering for decades. Without a solution, Jesus is omnipotent. So, going to conclusion, what does all this mean for us? This man is a representation of us before we recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We were crippled and helpless. helpless. We could not help ourselves and no one, no one else could help us either. So friends, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healed spiritually and forgiven uh, in forgiving us our, all your sins. 
by the word of Lord Jesus, this man was made whole. You too can be made whole if you obey the word, the word of the Lord. So I leave you with a lyric of a very old hymn, song. I was listening these the last days. Maybe you can remind when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all we will trust and obey. And the the main part, the chorus say, trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.